Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, we do humble ourselves before you. We seek your face, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would forgive us for our sins and forgive our land for its sins. Lord, and Help us and help our land to turn from wicked ways and to be a people that you can heal. In Jesus' name, amen. Ruth chapter 2, verse 8. Ruth 2, verse 8. We'll continue in this study of this wonderful book of Ruth that God has given to us. Such a history that he's put before us. Ruth 2, verse 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. What a history this has been for us as we've been studying here in the book of of Ruth. It's just been tremendous as we've seen how an Israelite family, Eli Melech, uh, in Bethlehem, which means uh, they were from Bethlehem, which means she's in the, they, that's the house of bread. And it was hit by a famine. And, and they found that Bethlehem became for them the house of no bread. And so therefore, Eli Melech, he moves his, his wife, Naomi, his two sons into Moab, land of the God-rejecting Moabites, where Eli Melech then dies. Tragedy. And then his two sons, they take wives, uh, and then his two sons die, leaving his widow, Naomi, just penniless, impoverished, with her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. Naomi hears that the famine is, is over, it's finished back home, and that Bethlehem has once again become the house of bread. And so she's, she doesn't have anything, but she decides, Naomi decides, I'm going back home. I'm going to return to home. And her two daughters-in-law affirm 
we're going with you. Naomi protests and she wants her two daughters-in-law, go back home, leave me alone. Go back to your mother, go back to your father, stay in your country, go back to your gods, leave me alone. One daughter-in-law, Ruth, stands out and she says in essence to Naomi, I'd rather die than leave you. And then she gives us this tremendous statement of faith in, in Ruth 1, 16 through 17, where she says, Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. So Naomi and Ruth come to Bethlehem with nothing. And Ruth goes out to gather grain that the reapers have left, haven't picked up. And Ruth has no idea what field she's gonna go into, but she just happens to arrive in the field of Boaz, who's a relative of her deceased husband. Boaz has taken the initiative to speak to her. And he says these famous words that we've seen in verse eight, hearest thou not my daughter, Boaz is treating Ruth like a daughter as he tells her these statements. He says in verse eight, you have a place to belong. Go not to glean in another field. His field was her field to glean in. He said, you have a place of fellowship. Abide here fast by my maidens or his maidens were gonna be his, her company. Verse nine, you have a place of protection here. They shall not touch thee. His young men have been told by him not to touch her. Verse nine, you have a place of provision here. Go unto the vessels and drink. Or when you're thirsty, the young men have drawn water for you. So Boaz now has given to Ruth a place to belong, a fellowship to enjoy, a protection to be secure in, and a provision that she can rely on. And when Ruth hears all this, she's totally overwhelmed. And in verse 10, her first response is one of humility. Just what we've been talking about. If my people shall humble themselves. Ruth humbled herself in verse 10. She fell on her face. This is Ruth's first encounter with Boaz. And as she lifts herself up off the ground, she says this first word to Boaz as it is in Ruth in verse 10. Why? She says, why? She looks up to Boaz and she said, why? And then she poses two questions. The first question is, why have you done all this for me? Then she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes? And Ruth's second question is, why has Boaz even taken the time to consider her desperate condition? Because she's so conscious of the fact she's a Moabitess. In verse 10, that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. See, those are the two questions that Ruth has asked Boaz. And now we come to verse 11, where Boaz is going to answer those questions. He's going to give the response of the why. So in verse 11, Boaz answered and said unto her, it hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, how thou hast left thy father, thy mother, the land of thy nativity, and come to a people which thou knewest not heretofore. So Boaz answers Ruth by telling her that he has been fully showed everything that Ruth has done. 
And he tells Ruth, I know. He says, I know. I know what you've done, and I not only know what you've done, I know why you did it. Boaz makes it very clear to Ruth that he knows why Ruth did what she did. And he says that he knows what Ruth did, but he knows that he, she did it for the sake of Naomi. She knows that. He knows that. And this is what has touched the heart of Boaz. Boaz has thought about all that Naomi had suffered in this foreign, hostile land of Moab. Boaz has thought of how Naomi suffered the death of her husband in a foreign, hostile land of Moab. Boaz has thought of how Naomi has suffered the death of her two sons in the foreign, hostile land of Moab. Without a friend there to comfort her, Boaz has thought of how Naomi suffered the loss of all of her wealth in this foreign, hostile land. Boaz has thought of how Naomi has suffered in this land, being separated from her homeland, being separated from her people, being separated from her friends, from her family. Boaz has thought of how Naomi in her destitute state of old age and being alone has suffered so much. And Boaz has thought of how Ruth, a Moabitess, has been the only friend for Naomi and how Ruth has stuck by Naomi's side. And Boaz has been, has seen so clearly the only reason that Ruth did it was because of Naomi. Because, and he says that, all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law. See, verse 11, Boaz could have said, all that you've done unto Naomi. But instead, Boaz wants to emphasize, he wants to impress in his emphasis how Ruth has done all this for Naomi, who's not even Ruth's mother, but is Ruth's mother-in-law. So Boaz in verse 11, that's why he says, all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law. The fact that Ruth has done all this for her mother-in-law, not even a blood relative, just overwhelms Boaz. He's overwhelmed. So in verse 11, Boaz states four acts that he is so conscious of that Ruth has done. First, thou hast left thy father. Second, thou hast left thy mother. Third, thou hast left the land of thy nativity. And fourth, thou art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. See, Boaz is so keenly aware that what Ruth gave up, she gave up all this. She gave up the mother, the father, the land. And she gave, he gave up all of this. And Boaz really asked himself the why question. Why did you give up all this? Your mother, your father, your homeland. He saw clearly that she did all of this because Naomi, she loved Naomi. And she's an old lady, Naomi. She doesn't have any money. She's broke. But Naomi has nothing to offer Ruth back. Nothing at all. Naomi has stated that herself that she didn't even have a husband that she could offer Ruth. Naomi said to Ruth in Ruth 1.12, I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them while they grow up, while they be grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? See, Boaz saw clearly Naomi could do nothing for Ruth and Ruth had nothing to expect back from Naomi. She had nothing to expect back. There was gonna be no exchange for her love for Naomi. Isn't that a perfect picture of us and the Lord? 
Uh, isn't that a picture? Isn't Ruth like our Lord Jesus Christ? And aren't we like Naomi? Don't we see in Ruth our Lord Jesus Christ who gave up all his glory to help us? Who gave up his homeland in heaven to help us? Who gave up all this to help us as described in Philippians 2.6 where it says, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. See, Boaz saw how much Ruth gave up to help Naomi, her mother-in-law. And we see how much the Lord Jesus Christ gave up. He gave up his reputation to help us. He gave up his position to help us. He gave up his honor. He gave up his dignity. He gave up his blood. He gave up his body. He gave up his life to help us. And what did Boaz see in the person who Ruth helped? Naomi, an old lady with no more sons left for Ruth to marry. Naomi, an old lady with no more youth left even to have a son to grow up. Naomi, an old lady with no possessions left, with no property left, with no family left. Boaz saw Ruth helping Naomi, who had no way to give back to Ruth anything in exchange for what Ruth did for her. Isn't Naomi? She's a perfect picture of us. I mean, we were speaking this morning in the breaking of bread that even the sacrifices that were given to the Lord were God's. It's like, you know, God says, you're broke, so you can't pay the entrance fee. So here, let me give you some money. Here you go. Just put that in. <laughs> Reminds me of... Uh, of Tikendo Ari, who did the Japanese garden that many of you have seen in my house. And um, when he was in Japan, he took out his wife, Mitoko. His wife, well, she wasn't his wife then, but anyway, they were dating. And so they went to a restaurant, and um, it was very charming. And she said to him, uh, do you like this dress? And he said, yes. And he, she said, I made it for this occasion. And that was very sweet. And then she could see that they were eating a lot and it was expensive and he didn't have the money to pay for the bill. <laughs> so <laughs> she reached under the table and gave him the money. <laughs> That's what God does for us. We don't have the money to pay. And so he reaches under the table and says, here's the sacrifice you need. Here's the Lord Jesus Christ that you need. That's, that's a picture. That's why, that's why Naomi is a picture of us. We didn't have anything to offer back to the Lord. And we had about as much to give to the Lord as Naomi had to give to Ruth, which is nothing. And Boaz saw pure love in Ruth's love for Naomi. Pure love is when a person gives to someone who has no means to pay them back. That's pure love. Pure love is what a person gives with no expectation to get anything back. And Boaz saw that pure love in Ruth's love for Naomi. And that's the pure love that the Lord Jesus Christ had for us when he died on the cross for our sins, knowing that there's nothing that he could expect back from us in return. We had nothing to offer the Lord Jesus except the sacrifice of our lips, which is praise to him. And frankly, we weren't worth it. We weren't worth it. We, we asked the question, why? Why'd you do that? I mean, why did he, the just, give himself for us, the unjust? Because we don't see ourselves as worth it. There's one word to describe it, love. Love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him 
should not perish but have everlasting life. There's nothing that we could give in return for his sacrifice, but he did it because he is love. And frankly speaking, a young girl named Ruth giving up her life for Naomi, an old lady with nothing, when there was nothing that Naomi could ever give back for, there's only one word to describe why Ruth did that, love. Ruth loved Naomi. And Boaz saw this. Boaz stands back and he says to himself, my, my, my. He says, just look at all that Ruth is doing for Naomi. Naomi has no way to pay Ruth back. Naomi has no way to recompense Ruth back for all that she sacrificed for Naomi. And, and as Boaz, he's, as he's seeing all this in his mind, in verse 10, there's one word that's just buzzing around in his mind. It's the word recompense. It's the word payback. And at the end of verse 11, we can just almost hear Boaz cry out, Ruth has given up so much for Naomi. Ruth must be paid back. Ruth must be recompensed for all that she's given for Naomi. Ruth, Naomi can never recompense. Naomi, Naomi can never pay back Ruth for all that she's done. It can't happen. And so at the end of verse 11, we can hear Boaz troubled with this question. And he's saying to himself, who is going to recompense Ruth for all that she's done for her mother-in-law? And then verse 11, he says, he says, I found out who's going to pay her back. And so verse 12, he's found out. He says, the Lord recompense thy work. In verse 12, we can hear him shout back, I know who's going to pay you back, Ruth. I know who's going to recompense you, Ruth, for all that you've done for your mother-in-law. The Lord will. He will recompense. The Lord will recompense Ruth for all she's done. What a statement Boaz is saying there. Naomi sees what Ruth is doing for her. Naomi can't pay Ruth. God sees what Ruth is doing for Naomi. God can recompense Ruth for all that she's done. And so Boaz says, Lord, do it. Recompense her. And then he says, give her a full reward. He uses a very rarely used Hebrew word here for reward, masqueret. And we've seen this word before, and maybe not in the best light, but it was said before by our good old friend Laban, when he was proposing his daughter to Rachel to be his wife in exchange for Jacob's labor. And Laban said to, to Jacob in Genesis twenty nine fifteen, and Laban said unto Jacob, because thou art my brother, shouldst thou therefore serve me for not? Tell me what shall be thy wages? What shall be thy masquerade? What shall it be? So here Laban is saying to Jacob, you work for me, I gotta give you some payment. What's your payment? Rachel to be your wife? Fine. Laban was saying, wouldn't be right for Jacob to work for nothing. Like he was really concerned about that. But anyway, and not to receive any wages in return for his labor. That's the meaning of the word that's used here. The payment. Boaz is saying the same thing. Wouldn't be right for Ruth to do all this for Naomi and not to be recompensed, not to be paid. He uses that word. So Boaz is saying to Naomi, he's saying, Naomi can't pay her back, but God will. Okay, then in fact, the way that Boaz says this is very significant. We got to look back on the previous verse to understand the importance Boaz said to her because in chapter one, verse 22, so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. See, this verse is important because it shows to us how Ruth was known as she entered into Bethlehem for the first time. This was not Ruth. This was not, she was not called Ruth, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. She was called Ruth the Moabitess. 
And you can be sure that when they called Ruth the Moabitess, it was kind of with a, the Moabitess, stinging, despising. That was Ruth, the despised, hated Moabitess. There she is. See, that was not Ruth, the wealthy, despised Moabitess. That was Ruth, the despised Moabitess beggar. And Ruth was called that from the day that she entered into Bethlehem, and that's how she was known, Ruth the Moabitess. And that's how she was treated as the hated Ruth the Moabitess. And when Boaz went to speak to Ruth the Moabitess, all eyes were on Boaz to see how he would treat her and what he would say to her. Everyone expected for Boaz to fall in line with the rest of the Bethlehem and treat her like her name, Ruth the Moabitess. But to everyone's amazement, Boaz seems to stretch out his hand to this downtrodden Ruth the Moabitess and not call her Ruth the Moabitess, but instead he calls her my daughter. And what an example Boaz was to the Jewish people of Bethlehem. I remember, when I look at this, I just can't help but think about when I got to the all-boys boarding school in Lausanne, Switzerland. And all the kids in that boarding school, we all knew why we were there. We were all rich kids that got in the way of our parents' lives, and we were dumped into boarding school in Switzerland to get out of our parents' lives. We all knew that. So having the hurt of being sent away from home to a boarding school meant that having friends at a boarding school was really important was very important, but I had no friends. Why? Because I was the Jew. I was the Jewish kid. You know, here you can say, you know, you're church of Jewish. Oh, that's wonderful. My Lord was Jewish. They didn't do that there. <laughs> uh, I was the outcast, and all of our teachers were from North Africa, from Algeria, Libya, Morocco, and uh, wonderful friends. Anyway, talked about slitting throats and everything. <laughs> so uh, I was the outcast. And no one talked with me. I was Tom the Jew. You know, like Ruth the Moabitess, I was Tom the Jew. It was terrible. It was just terrible. No one sat with me at lunch. No one came to my room to talk with me. No one skied with me. We had a rough life. No one skied with me. I was not invited to go with the guys to the pizza restaurant in town. It was terrible. But then there was one person who stepped out of the crowd. And he talked with me. And he sat with me at lunch, and he came to my room, and we skied together, and he became my friend. And was he a Jew? My best friend's name was Mohammed Gozafi. <laughs> Gozafi is the same as Gaddafi, but he wasn't from Libya. He was from Tehran. He was an Iranian Muslim. And anyway, Mohammed Gozafi and I, we became best friends. And he and I would walk on the boardwalk there at Lake Geneva on Sunday, he used to work, wear a perfectly tailored suit. I used to make fun of him. And he used to walk like an Iranian aristocrat. He, he like Charlie Chaplin, he would kind of like sort of shuffle his feet out like he walk like this, you know? <laughs> and so, and I would copy him, you know, as we'd walk there. And we laughed together. We hurt together. We wrote letters home, always with the same two words at the end of all of our letters, send money. <laughs> and I went from having no friends to having a best friend. 
And at night, he used to come over to my room and, and he'd tell me about this mountain community in Iran where the people lived to be 150 years old and the wives did exactly what the husbands told them to do. And so we were planning a school. As soon as school was over, we were going there and we were going to get married. We were going to marry into that community and live happily ever after in the mountains of Iran. See, that's where I'd be if I'm not here now. <laughs> and we would laugh together. And, and then something amazing happened. When the other guys saw that Muhammad Gozafi was my friend, then the other guys in the school, they started to talk with me. And they started to have lunch with me. And then they invited me to the pizza restaurant with the rest of the guys. Why was I accepted among the guys at the boarding school? Because of Muhammad Gozafi. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.